0: Wednesday, really Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But because it's Wednesday, we're just going to call it Palm Wednesday for today. We are in John chapter 12, and I'm picking up in verse 12. So John 12, verse 12. And what's happening here is Jews are gathering in Jerusalem in the holy city for the feast of Passover. And Jesus comes in, and it's like a parade. It's it's like this this great multitude that had come for the feast, and they see Jesus, and he rides in on a colt, and they took branches of palm trees. Now, if you grew up in the church, if you're part of the majority of the Christian church, you are familiar with the waving of the palm branches, But do you have any idea why? Because I would have said that I did not. So I did a little research on this. Here's what I read. From the time of the Maccabees, palms or palm branches had been used as a national symbol palm branches figured into the process- procession, which celebrated the rededication of the temple. And again, when the winning of full political independence was celebrated under Simon in 141 BC. So that's really important. What they think this is, is a political parade. They think that Jesus is a political person who is going to come And save them from the Romans. And as they cry, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna means save now. So what they think is happening is they think that their king, which they don't realize Jesus is a king. They think he's a different kind of a king. They are putting him in a position of political power. And we know this because they're waving the palm branches. So in case that's new information to you, as it was to me and I've been around a little, a little while, I've been around the church for a number of years. That's the reason they did it. It was a political statement saying, this guy is going to be our king. Well, you can imagine how the leaders of the Jewish culture felt about this. They were dismayed. We've got all of these miracles that have happened, ending, kind of culminating in the raising of Lazarus. And now these people are gathering, they are losing power. And what did they say? Look, the world has gone after him. The popularity of Jesus is offensive to his enemies. It made them feel like they were accomplishing nothing. They've spent all of these years teaching about the law and the prophets, and they're looking for this Messiah. And of course, they can't see the Messiah right under their nose. Why? Because Jesus was a rebel, because he didn't fit into a box the way that they thought he should makes me wonder how often do we close our eyes to the way we think things should be as opposed to the way they actually are. It makes me want to encourage all of us, myself included, to keep our eyes opened, to stay awake. All of the things that Jesus told us all along, keep your lamps trimmed and burning so many metaphors, so many parables. Keep your eyes open, be alert, look for the things that you don't think maybe fit in the box. Now, in addition, it says some Greeks came to Jerusalem. Well, another interesting thing, what do we know about these Greeks? Absolutely nothing. We are, we're told that they are Greek. That is all. So they could have been Greek converts to Judaism. they could have been Greek God-fearers who had great respect for Judaism but didn't convert. They might have just been Greek travelers. We don't know. probably not that important. but what we do know is they wish to see Jesus, because these group these Greeks had heard about Jesus, perhaps his reputation as a teacher and a worker of miracles. What did they know of Jesus? We don't know. But what what we do know is they wanted to know more about him. So they came to Philip, Philip asking to see Jesus. And this is when Jesus uses a parable about the wheat. And I'm going to read it right from the NLT. I'm in verse 23. Jesus is speaking and he says, Now has the time has come for the Son of Man, he's speaking of himself, to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So he's making a metaphor that they would have understood with a kernel of wheat. And even in this day and age, I'm the world's worst gardener. I feel so sorry, even for my houseplants. I try, but I probably try too hard. But here's what I do now. If you have a seed and you just hang on to it and you don't plant it, it's going to die. Even if you do put it in the dirt, it will die. But what happens is it creates a plant. And in particular, wheat is going to produce more kernels, more wheat, right? What is the one thing we know about Jesus that made him the most renowned, the most, I'm searching for the word, not, I don't want to say the word famous, but what do people know Jesus the most for? We know he was an amazing teacher. We know that he was a good person. We know that he caused many miracles and wonderful things everywhere he went. But what do we know about Jesus? He himself had to die and to be put in the ground to spring forth and to rise again. And that single act is is the thing that has created the most followers. People followed Jesus because he did what he said he was going to do. He died and he rose again, and anyone who wants to serve Jesus must follow him. He says, because my servants must be where I am. If you love your life on earth so much that that's what you're clinging to, well, I hope you really, really enjoy it. Because what did Jesus just say? You will lose it. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. When you die, that will be that. You don't get to take anything from your earthly life with you. But those who care for nothing in their life in this world will keep it for eternity. It's where your priorities are. Are your priorities with Jesus? Does your heart align with Jesus? Or are you so in love with this world? Are you so clinging to the things of this life, the things that are fleeting, that don't really matter. And Jesus ends this section saying, My light will shine for you just a little longer. He's foreshadowing his death. Walk in the light while you can, so that darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they're going. Put your trust in the light while there is time, and then you will become children of the light. I want to encourage you today follow the light while there is still time. If you are still breathing, if you woke up this morning and your heart is still beating, there is still time for you. Follow the light. And as much as you can love and enjoy the things of this world, know that there is something far greater than anything here. And I don't want you to miss out on it. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning or tomorrow at some time, whenever you feel like tuning in. And we will conclude John chapter 12. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage, then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5 minutesofcouragecom That's the number five, and you can connect with me there.